This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Abat. Abat. Always be troll. No. Is that right? Always be trolling. ABT. Abat. Always be trolling. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. DJ Dub Tones, good evening. I will go ahead and tell you up front, I did not prepare a show. I was expecting there to be a vote on the House floor tonight, and I had a shit ton of work to do. I didn't even know if I was going to do a stream, but I finished up my, my, uh, what I needed to really get done about 20 minutes ago, and I was like, ah, shit. We'll come on, we'll bullshit for a little bit. We've got, we're going to do some news, but it'll be disjointed. We'll find out what that news be be doing. Of course, this morning, we were on at what, 11 o'clock? Tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to, who knows what the fuck is going to happen. Another vote at noon tomorrow? He said no more votes today. We'll, We'll get some clips. We'll hear from some people here in a second. Just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I'm not as organized, not as comprehend. There's a Maynard sitting on the chair over there. Kind of took me by surprise. That's something we can do. We can try out the new chair. Bring the new chair over. We'll check it out. We'll see, we'll see what we think about it. Because on, was it Sunday night? Monday night? I broke this chair. This, this arm is not attached to the side the way it should be. The next vote could be tomorrow afternoon. Who fucking knows? Jim Jordan losing support earlier today. It looks almost certain that Jim Jordan will not be the Speaker of the House. A woman... Went in and caused a ruckus during Trump's trial, the fraud, the fraud trial taking place. What is that cat doing over there? There's a there's a socks on the couch. I if you if you watched the stream yesterday. I, I fell. Curiouser knocked on the door. Bring me the temporary chair that you see sitting over there. I fell because like Smokey went running and I fell behind the couch. I didn't I didn't know if it made it to stream or not. It is not the first time I have fallen on stream. There are multiple clips of me falling. I am I am not the I I, I don't. I'm not the most graceful person. I'm not the most graceful person. Good evening, Natakadria, Meat Cakes. So glad to see you guys once again. I didn't really prepare a show. We're gonna we're gonna do a hodgepodge kind of show tonight because I was expecting there to be another vote. There, there is that that was delayed until tomorrow. So I will probably be on stream with you guys again. Tomorrow at noon. 
for the shit show that is the Speaker of the House race for the GOP. Here's your meme of the day. No, I don't want to go to church, but wanted to hear a pedophile talk about God's plan. Then I just listened to Drake. If you if you if you joined us this morning, that was awesome. It was a Drake meme this morning as well. I've got a hard on for Drake today. Everybody else seems to have a hard on for Jada Pinkett Smith. Sparkles keeps bitching to me about Jada and Will, and I just do not care. And then I'm like, did did Justin Timberlake do something today? I see a lot of memes. Apparently, Brittany dropped her her book. Says that she had an abortion when she was with Justin Timberlake. I don't know if it was Justin's baby or not. Poor Brittany. Leave Brittany alone. But good for her. I'm glad she released a book. Make some money off of your drama. Get that paycheck, girl. Oh, shit. Let's, um... Catch you up on what happened this morning, in case you missed it, in case you didn't join us for the stream earlier today. We'll get an update on where things stand right now. Once again, it's going to be a very hodgepodge show tonight. I didn't put anything together. I've got a few clips over here already uh, already selected. I might go through the Discord, see what War- Warlord, Producer Warlord, does a fantastic job on the Discord. Um, keeps everybody informed. So there, there is plenty of stories for me to be able to scroll through the Discord and, and check some shit out. First, let's start off with the news from the House earlier today. Jim Jordan is not going to be the Speaker of the House. Uh, what we went to the House floor was for was the formal declaration of the vote, and that vote results in Jim Jordan losing his again to convince his fellow Republicans to elect him. And losing votes. House. House still without a speaker. All that those people around there at the moment are pointless. Uh, they can't, <laughs> as far as the public's business is concerned, because they can't do any of the public's business until on that floor until there's a speaker of the house. And it's a rinse and repeat. He lost yesterday. He lost even worse today. So now the question is. At any moment, they can say, okay, we're going to go for another round of voting. They may recess, may huddle behind closed doors. Who knows what could be next? But we thought there could have been a vote yesterday right after the end of the first vote. It didn't happen until today. So who knows how long this can linger? It, d- it did seem like it- you have to let it linger. After another vote yesterday. Did you have to? But he also might have been hoping that Sean Hannity and his other allies in that uh, side of the media. what to do, right? Could, yeah, bring the hammer down. Didn't work. Let's go to Jay O'Brien on Capitol. Jay, what's next? Yeah, so that's what we're trying to figure out right now, guys. The sense that we get 
from Republicans that we've talked to is that they're being told there's a strong likelihood that they're going to go into what's called a conference meeting. It's essentially a meeting of all House Republicans, the group of House Republicans up here in the House called the House Republican Conference. And so they'll get behind closed doors as they have so often in this process and try to, it appears, hammer out their differences. But one thing worth noting about these conference meetings is that Rachel and I and our various members of the ABC News Capitol Hill team have been to conference meetings about who the next speaker should be for what feels like ages now, one every few days. And every time there has been one of these conference meetings, Republicans have emerged from behind those closed doors with deeper divisions in some cases than when they went behind. Jordan losing ground. In a conference meeting is when Steve Scalise was first nominated, and then it was in a conference meeting not long after that he dropped out, and then it was in a conference meeting that Jim Jordan was nominated. Then they had a conference meeting at the beginning of this week to try to get all the holdout votes back in the boat and support Jim Jordan. And you see the, what the result of that was: 19 Republicans, or excuse me, 20 Republicans voting against Jim Jordan yesterday, 22 of them voting against Jim Jordan today. He was able to flip a handful. He was able to flip, for instance, for Tor he flipped some and lost some and LaMalfa another one who flipped for Jim Jordan yesterday but there were other Republicans who did not go Jim Jordan's way and in fact voted for Jim Jordan yesterday and voted against him today and voted for people like Byron Donalds and lawmakers of that nature so there are still deep divisions in the House Republican conference and to your question Terry what Congresswoman Comstock mentioned earlier there are a lot of these Republicans who just have personal disagreements and in some cases personal grievances with Jim Jordan and how you whip those votes. Well, he's kind of a piece of shit. Don't like you, or they have a gripe against you that dates back years. That's going to be a tall order for Jim Jordan. No, this is from earlier, D's Nuts. There will be no vote until tomorrow. Libertad Nuts, good evening. Clearly there's a trust factor and it's proving uh, to impact the voting as well. We'll see if another round. So yeah, this, this was their reporting right after. Let's uh, check out this piece. The possible path forward uh, could see uh, Patrick McHenry. I said he's from Pennsylvania. He's from North Carolina. I said I said it wrong earlier. He is from North Carolina, not Pennsylvania. So my apologies. He is affectionately known by us here on the stream as uh, as Speaker Pro Temp Bowtie Bitch. So, this was reporting from CBS a couple of hours ago that the House may be willing to give McHenry the temporary power after the filled speaker vote. But apparently there's a whole section of the Republican caucus that is against that as well. Now we continue to follow breaking news out of Capitol Hill. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan has lost the second round of voting for Speaker of the House. The House is now in recess. A total of 199 Republicans voted for the House Judiciary. Recess until tomorrow at noon. Did not vote for him. Congressman Jordan needs 217 votes in order to win the gavel. CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarlane joins us now to talk about. What up, this. Scott? You had 20 Republicans who didn't vote for Jordan yesterday, and today the number's even larger. How surprising is that? The margin just seems intransigent at this moment, and ultimately it's leading to this stew of antsiness, aggravation, and anger. 
here in the U.S. House among Republicans. They just want this to be over with, but they're heading in the wrong direction. I spoke with three supporters of Jim Jordan a few moments ago. Chip Roy of Texas, Byron Donalds of Florida, Tim Burchett of Tennessee. Each of them told me that they think Jim Jordan should get back out there, have another vote, have a third ballot on this. Why? Potentially use that same type of political brute force that Kevin McCarthy used through 15 rounds in January. But the trajectory is wrong here for Jim Jordan. He lost more votes than he gained on the second ballot. And there does seem to be some softness to some of the remaining support. People who are wondering how long this should go on for. Not everybody is as um, spirited as Chip Roy, Byron Donalds, and Tim Burchett thinking he should get right back out there and try again. You know, a key Republican source is telling CBS News, quote, all roads lead to McHenry. Representative uh, Patrick McHenry, of course, the speaker pro temp right now, who's simply presiding over these votes. Can you just elaborate on, on why we're hearing his name brought up so much now as an alternative? Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that over the past 24 hours. Republicans have been saying it openly into cameras. We've got to go with Patrick McHenry. It's the only off-ramp here. In fact, they may get some support from Democrats in doing that, too. It's really a third way that's gaining some traction. Does it have sufficient traction? It's a different story. But what they're suggesting here is expanding the portfolio. He's got a punchable face. Speaker pro tem, this acting speaker who so far has seen his only role as shepherding the U.S. House toward the next speaker vote. They want to empower him instead to fully reopen the floor, resume the legislative process, resume debate, and get the House functioning again. It may from from our point of view um, as as leftists, I would assume this is actually a pretty good thing. I mean. <sighs> It's not like they're going to pass anything anyway. We have divided government. Very few things are going to pass the House and the Senate, especially anything that the Republicans pass out of the House. And so other than passing a budget uh, come November 17th, when we're approaching another shutdown, they really don't have anything of substance to do for us. I just... You could look at it as a good thing that Republicans can't do any more damage, but really they couldn't do anything anyway. They could have their show hearings where they harass people about books and and show Hunter Biden's dick to the public. But other than that, they really can't do anything anyway. So I don't, I'm, I'm torn at that like shit. Does it even matter that the government isn't open until we get to November 17th? It doesn't fucking matter. Maybe a provocative notion. It's certainly unprecedented. This is the first time America's ever come across this circumstance. But it also may be simpler to make that work than to find anybody inside the House Republican Conference capable of getting 217 votes. Let's see what momentum is built for that idea. If Jim Jordan goes back to the floor for a third ballot, loses more support, or backs away from his run altogether. Well, Scott, we saw Congress. He says he's not backing down. Um, to those weary Republicans who hadn't supported him. We saw him this morning pressing the flesh on the House floor, um, still trying to convince the last few holdouts. So now that House is in recess before this next vote, what's happening? See, I find that a good thing that they can't pass appropriations for Israel, but that's just delaying the inevitable. They're going to do it eventually. Where do members go from here? And I guess, does he still try this full court press? 
But there's no indication, Errol, of what silver bullet can be fired by Jim Jordan to bring back so many. He needs to get 18 or 19 of these 22 back into his camp because there's such a political diversity among his defectors. You know, you have some of those freshman Republicans who swung blue districts red last year. Some of those who may be in districts President Biden won in 2020. So this may be a politically perilous move for them to vote for a firebrand conservative media darling like Jim Jordan. Think about the Republicans from Michigan, New York, and Virginia who are among those who defected from Jim Jordan. But there are also some institutionalists here who are not at all from moderate districts. The chair of the House Appropriations Committee, Kay Granger of Texas. Texas, a longtime House member, veteran of these parts, Mike Simpson of Idaho. There's nothing you can do to bring all of those coalitions back at once. And if Jim Jordan had that silver bullet, or at least one that was effective on some members, certainly he would have fired it already. Very good point. Scott McFarlane, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Let's hear from Kevin McCarthy, the man who vacated the gavel. He was asked point blank, should Jim Jordan drop out of the race? Is it time for Jordan to drop out of this race? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, he picked up a couple, lost a couple. So if somebody had voted for him before, they could always vote for him again. And he picked up a couple more votes. So that means you think he should go to a third ballot now? I would take the time right now to talk. Six, good evening. You, you said this exact same thing to me. And uh, we were able to put it together. So. That was January. This is the middle of a session. There's so many major in international issues happening, and this needs to be resolved quickly. How could he possibly turn the tide on this? I think he can. I think that same pressure where people realize that you can't keep playing games. I mean, you know, you sit back and look. Uh, you got Crazy Eight led by Gates with every single Democrat voted to shut down one branch of government. Who would ever think that was the right thing to do at any time of the year? He's but apparently, no, 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 no. I get you get a, I get to answer questions. Thank you. And so what I see though is getting sassy with them. In the world that Democrats can ever say again that they put people before politics. They made a political decision to try to bring chaos to shut down a branch of government, and that's wrong. I fuck it. Fuck you, Kevin McCarthy. They gave you several proposals to keep you in the speakership. And you said, no, I'm not going to work with Democrats. So they all voted against you. Fuck off, dude. You, you needed to make concessions to them. That's how this works. And you refused to do it. So shut the fuck up. Stop blaming Democrats for you not being able to hold your caucus together. Yes. Do you think there's any chance of flipping any of those eight back? I mean, if you look at the math, aren't eight people easier to flip than... 22. Well, uh, technically, you only needed four to be able to go there. But no, Jim's the nominee. Well, Jim's the nominee. We're going to focus on that. What about the members who switched their vote and voted who voted for Mr. Jordan yesterday, Pete Staub or some others, and voted for somebody else? Doesn't that indicate a problem for him? No, because he had new people that came with him, so he could he could get those people back. But, but what, what happened? Okay, so there's, there's, there's this Joyce resolution him? that is coming to the floor. Probably, would you support that? And if it comes to the floor, look, I, I think from the perspective, we let Jim as the nominee, let him work through this. I always felt 
um, because I had to make the decision to pick who to be speaker pro tem. You know, it, it comes from the 9-11 commission when they studied it. I always thought when I was nominating somebody to be that, that they'd have the power to keep the continuity of government running together. Their job is keep government running while you select a new speaker. And that could be moving at the same time that uh, we able to do this. Do you think that the intention of that resolution was, obviously if there had been a terrorist attack or something like that, wasn't it implied in that, from from your perspective, that the speaker would be able to move things? Because if you were trying, yes, to, yeah. But but explain how you make that case to people saying, no, 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 this isn't what was intended. Well, the only thing it's it's the Democrats um, from the Rules Committee. He runs to the parls to try to make that person not to have any capability. He's going against everything that we thought within the 9/11. It's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. You have an election in November. So I had from November all the way to January to work on winning speaker. Jim Jordan's had less than four. Venus, good evening. Okay. And so the whole idea of even selecting a speaker pro tem if you're not able to do the job is to keep the continuity of government running until you're able to select a new speaker. So why the Democrats want to make more shutting down one branch of government. They, they voted on the motion to vacate, something they said they would never do. They picked politics for that. And now they're picking the same politics here. I think from the, from the aspect, you should give Jim Jordan the same time frame I was able to get from November that, to January. two months. That was two months. If government's still running, it's able to go. Not, look, not, not, not the, look the, judgment, the judgment on 15 ballots, things are different here, right? We now have rules. Before, you couldn't get up and recess off the floor. Now we can. So, so your position is begin the legislative process on the floor. Have let Jim, let Jim without go. A vote, without a vote to empower McHenry. I believe when you, when you put that in, that he had the power. Are, to are you concerned, though, in the long term, if we were to have uh, Speaker Pro Tem McHenry go ahead and assume these powers, that that sets a bad precedent? As you know, we rely on precedent for a lot of things, and we get down the road, and people might rely too much on that in, in years to come. That, that's a great point. So it, it really stems from why are we at this point? Why would every single Democrat vote to shut down a part exactly, of government? Exactly, DJ Dub. Government. The Democrats didn't do it. They, they voted against tabling, so they thought it was worth coming up. They made a decision in politics. Every single Democrat did that. And then they went to the party. Motherfucker, you made the decision not to give them any concessions for their vote. It is 100% on you. This is disingenuous. Stymie who's ever the speaker pro tem. They want chaos. They want government to shut down. They want to play politics. They're not looking but at the people. Republican and you got the whole, you had eight crazy. Yeah, you had, come on, man. Speaker pro tem, then you have Ralph Norman and a few others. Okay, but that doesn't stem. You had eight crazies that are led by Gates that followed every single Democrat to shut down a branch of government. Now, is that going to be the new norm? You've, you've listened to Nancy Pelosi for years saying they would never let that happen. You heard all of them say that they were opposed to all this. They pick politics instead of looking at how- Soy raid? It's very embarrassing that's what they've done. What does that mean, Iron Fortress? Can anyone get 270? Good evening, my friend. Welcome. Welcome in over on the kick. Oh, Sonso! Oh, hell yeah! I, ne I never know. Usually the people that show up on kick are, uh, <laughs> they're, they're not of the, the leftist persuasion. Welcome in. Welcome in. My name is Justin Freegan. Well, uh, we do the news Sunday through Thursday, 8 PM Eastern. If you want to know my political uh, persuasion, I can sum it up with one simple phrase. I would give anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole.
Give me that eye pussy. Son soul. Love you, brother. So what whatever politics I need to assume to be able to piss in Dan Crenshaw's eye hole that is I'm malleable when it comes to my politics. But it seems like being on the left right now will it gets me closest to pissing in that eye pussy. <laughs> oh shit. I wasn't expecting to do a stream tonight, so it's kind of a hodgepodge show. Usually I'm pretty well put together. We're just kind of uh Covering the happenings, we did the stream earlier today uh, about the floor vote, the battle for Speaker of the House with the GOP. So I've been catching everybody up on that. Let's go to Ohio, where constituents of Jim Jordan are giving their opinion about his possible speakership. We have learned in the last few minutes that the U.S. House will not hold another vote for Speaker tonight. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan... The vote will be taking place tomorrow at noon... Will be maybe at 11. Oh, maybe 11. Earlier today, Jordan failed to win the speakership, Jeffries. falling 17 votes short of the 217 needed. In fact, 20 fellow Republicans Jordan. voted against him. And tonight, we're hearing from people in Congressman Jordan's district after, of course, this first round of voting to get their take on it. Oh, so this was yesterday. With more, he joined us with more on that. Hi, Matt. Hey, Russ. Yeah, we were there just as lawmakers were preparing for the first round of voting for speaker. And reaction from Representative... So this is last night. We're going to hear from constituents of Jim Jordan, but there was a second round of voting today. Jim Jordan lost support, had less votes than he had yesterday, an expected vote again taking place tomorrow at noon, possibly. Representative Jordan's constituents was mixed. To nominate the gentleman from Ohio, Jim Jordan, as Speaker of the People's House. Far from the chaotic scene playing out in Washington. I think it's it's a little bit of a cluster. Many on the It's a clusterfuck. Jim Jordan's district are paying attention. A leader is a leader of everyone, of all the voters. Jordan has represented Ohio's 4th Congressional District since 2007. He won easily last year with more than 200,000 votes. I mean, I like McCarthy too, but... Jordan seems like he's got a better head on his shoulders. Oh, I think he'll be an excellent House Speaker. Why is that? Because he, he's a, a real Republican. But Jordan's campaign for House Speaker is a different Is meth legal in Ohio? Look at another person. I don't think he'll get the vote. An unprecedented two weeks without a Speaker in the House, it was never going to be an easy path. You know, what got McCarthy bumped out was he reached across the aisle. Oh, my God, what a sin. You know, and Jordan is not. I guess he means for the continuing resolution to keep the government open for another, what, month and a half? That was how he reached across the aisle because McCarthy certainly didn't reach across the aisle and give the Democrats what they want to retain the speakership. And all they, apparently all they even asked for was for them to drop the impeachment inquiry into Biden. And they weren't willing to do that, so McCarthy had to go. Come on, man. Not prepared to do that. It's frustrating that there's there's things pending and the Republicans can't seem to get it in order. In Mansfield, Jordan's support is unwavering for many of his constituents. That'll be good. It'll be good for the whole country, not just for here. Because he, uh, he's a smart man. And he'll do the right thing. Seriously, I want, I want some of whatever you're on. ...doesn't fit the role of Speaker of the House and second in line for the presidency. 
Jim Jordan, a strong election denier, um, a rebel rouser, somebody that obviously doesn't seem like he's going to work with the other side of the aisle, wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, not his first choice, but Jim Jordan has won 65 to 85% of the vote in his district during the last five elections. Still for House Speaker, he can only afford to lose a handful of votes from his fellow Republicans, and it's proven to be difficult, Russ. And again, that's second. And what's wild is that he has been an ineffectual, ineffective legislator. He has only authored four bills, four bills in his 16 years in Congress. None of them have passed, not a single one of them. And that's, that's the dude that the GOP wants to lead their caucus. Mitt Romney, the retiring senator from Utah, asked about Jordan earlier today. You recently announced that you will not be... Mitt Romney floated by uh, Representative Jamie Raskin as a possible bipartisan pick to be Speaker of the House. Angus King, another one, and Liz Cheney. All three of those people suck ass. But Raskin putting them forward as possible bipartisan uh, uh, nominees to be Speaker of the House. Running for re-election in 2024. And, and so I'm kind of curious if you could maybe take a few moments to reflect on your term in the Senate. And what it has shown you about how democracy is being practiced here in Washington right now. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear that, that we're more divided as a nation than we've been in a long, long time. Uh, obviously, we were most divided during the Civil War, but we're highly divided now. And I think the, the reason for that is that our, our media has moved from a setting where, where there were... Ray, good evening. ...checkers, uh, and where if you're a crackpot with a crazy theory of some kind, you're probably not going to get it published in, in any kind of a way that's going to get picked up by the public at large. Uh, because, you know, 20 years ago, people read newspapers and magazines and, and looked at the evening news. Those things were all carefully vetted uh, in, in most respects uh, by editors, fact checkers and so forth. That's gone. You guys are getting your news, certainly as I do now, by... From the Troll Patrol Live! Device. Uh, that's curated for me. Uh, and I'm seeing stories, many cases I agree with, some I don't agree with. But uh, oftentimes what I'm seeing in social media, there are no fact checkers, there are no editors. Hey, Justin, and if I have a really crazy crackpot trolling? theory, just absolutely, completely wild out there, I can put it out there and get millions of hits. I can get a lot of people seeing it. Well, that was not possible. And Matter of fact, the crazier you are, the more likely you are to get attention on you. People who are influencers, if you will, and have the biggest following are people who are angry and are pointing out the... the foibles on the other side and uh, interestingly we're drawn to those things as human beings and, and so politicians have begun to reflect that hey if you want to get support you want to get money for your campaign your next campaign the more outrageous thing you say the more likely it is that you're going to have people following you and so you have people increasingly coming to washington whose objective in staying in office is to make noise not to make law not to change things in a way that, that might be better for the country, but just to, to make a lot of noise and to show they're angry and fighting. I mean, right now, Jim Jordan, for instance, you've heard is running for Speaker of the House. Um, 
my former chief of staff. In failing. They said, you know, it's interesting. Here's a guy who wants to be the Speaker of the House. Do you know how many bills he's passed that he's that he's authored? None. And how many bills that he's, he's just been a sponsor on? By the way, you get to sign up to be a sponsor of a bill. All right. And so, you know, I'm on lots and lots of bills that I didn't write, but I'm a sponsor. None of the bills he sponsored. Four. Become law. So we're looking at elections. And there's only four of those. 16 years in Congress. What a horrendous track record. A person who would be second in line to the presidency who's never passed a bill. But he's certainly well known because he's able to make a lot of noise. And uh, that's the currency of the realm these days in politics, is finding a way to stand out and to be well known. And if, if I were to ask you the names of Congress people that you know, they'd almost all be people who don't actually do anything or pass any law, but they are very outspoken. And well, I'll take that challenge, sir, because you know we watch committee hearings here on the stream. Uh, I do not know all 433 members of Congress. 435 when there's not a couple of dead ones. Uh, I could probably name two, 250. And how does a democracy work? One, when the population is getting information that may or may not be accurate. And two, when the people that are most well-known are those that aren't accomplishing things, but instead are, are performing. And so politics itself has become more of a performance art. I mean, President Trump, for instance, I mean, what is he good at? Uh, his background was performing. He was on TV. He was a WWF owner. and, and uh, <laughs> Yes, he was the, the apparent owner of Raw for one week. I forgot about that until I watched a YouTube video on it the other day. He is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Would go out there with the wrestlers and so forth. I mean, that's what he did, and that's what has given him the prominence that he's received. So, yeah, it's a very different environment than might have existed in the earlier days of our democracy, and it's kind of hard to understand where we're going to head, where we're going to go in that kind of setting. By the way, the Senate, in part because we get elected over an entire state instead of a small district, we tend to be a little more bipartisan and a little more oriented towards getting things done, I believe, than, than the House. Um, and certainly the president uh, typically is going to be more concerned about large... The badge of honor to get a, a stunner uh, from Stone Cold. Uh, the democratic process is very much uh, in, uh, in flux as a result of that changing dynamic. Amit. I wonder what he's going to... Is he going to disappear from public life? DJ Dub, you make an excellent point. The Senate serves the capital owner class. But I wonder what Romney's going to do. Is he just going to disappear from public life and go enjoy his millions and millions of dollars? He's going to go be a lobbyist. Sit on the board of a bunch of fucking corporations and shit. Yeah, that's that's probably it. He'll take some ceremonial uh, board position. I can't remember where I was for any uh, WrestleMania because I've been high as fuck for most of them. Uh, let's go from the dysfunction in the house. Once again, if you're just joining us tonight, I didn't actually prepare a show for tonight. This is wild card, bitches. 
I'm just I'm just kind of making it up as I go along. Usually, usually I have a well put together, well thought out show for you guys. Uh, I kind of expected there to be a vote for Speaker of the House tonight. That's going to take place apparently tomorrow at noon. So we we will be here once again tomorrow at noon. I'll have to wake up. If you saw me this morning at eleven o'clock, I I was barely awake when we were on stream. <laughs> I had some coffee. I was able to wake up. Somebody else who was cranky this morning was Donald J. Trump. Look at that segue. He was in New York City for the civil fraud trial. He once again spoke to reporters and had some batshit crazy stuff to say. Mr. President, Senator Bob Menendez gave a rain on Monday with a superseding indictment about being before What do you think about that? Well, I don't know very well. I wish him luck. He's a Democrat. I wish him luck. But uh, what I did see and what you just saw was what took place in the courtroom just now. And it's a disgrace that this case was brought. It's election interference. That's what they're doing because I'm here instead of being campaigning. And I guess I just heard there's a CNBC poll. Once again, I have to point this out every time. He doesn't have to be there. He could be wherever the fuck he, he wants. That has me way ahead of Biden. Why aren't you campaigning, sir? Because I want to be at this trial, because I want to see what's happening at this trial, and because moments like this have just knocked this trial down to a level that it should be dismissed. Will you this trial is a disgrace. This trial is a disgrace. Should have never been brought. And if you watch what just took place in the courthouse, if you report it honestly, and I'm sure you will, because there's really no other way you can report it. The government lied. They knew everything about what just took place. And the government lied. And they lied to the people. The Attorney General lied because she wanted to get elected by using Trump. And if you look at what just took place, the government has been now proven to be a liar. And there has to be some kind of recourse for what's going on. And that's why I'm here. Because if I wasn't here, probably maybe people wouldn't see the facts the way they are. So we'll go inside and we'll watch the rest of it. And I think you'll find it very interesting. I don't even know what he's referring to in, in the courtroom. Now, there was a kerfuffle or a kerkeffle, as I've taken to calling it. A kerkeffle in the courtroom where a New York court employee was actually arrested. stood up in court and walked towards the front of the room while yelling to Trump that she wanted to assist him. She was told to sit back down and she did. And then a court officer entered the courtroom and asked if she worked there. She replied that she was there to support Trump and she was told to leave the room followed by several officers who continued to question her.
You just said you're acting like terrorists. reporter let's get the deets a spectator at Donald Trump's civil fraud trial was arrested on Wednesday after standing up in the middle of testimony and walking toward the front of the courtroom the woman expressed a desire to aid Trump and the court system said that neither he nor anyone else at the trial was ever in danger the ex-president and 2024 GOP frontrunner showed no reaction in court and later told reporters he wasn't aware of the episode that had unfolded behind him. Shelly, good evening. Who got arrested? We didn't know anything about it. Apparently, he has called for the arrest of Letitia James, the prosecutor in the case. A woman later identified as a court system employee retreated after a court officer told her to return to her seat. A short time later, officers escorted her out and arrested her on contempt charge for disrupting court proceedings. Chalfin said the woman had been yelling out to Trump that she wanted to help him, though reporters in the courtroom did not hear her raise her voice. She was later heard screaming in the courthouse lobby as officers removed her from the building. Outside of the courtroom, the woman was seen on an NBC camera telling court officers, you're scaring me and I have a right to be here and I'm an American citizen. I'm also a court employee. I'm also just here to support Donald Trump. Her name hasn't been released, but she's been placed on administrative leave and barred from entering state courts while authorities investigate. The trial went on, albeit with one other unusual moment. This one after Trump threw up his hands in apparent frustration and conferred uh, animatedly. Animatedly? I've never heard animatedly. Never heard it used like that. Am I saying it right? No, I need a pronunciation here. Give it to me. Animatedly. Animatedly. I said it correctly. With his lawyers, while real estate appraiser Doug Larson testified about his interactions with a Trump company executive. State lawyer Kevin Wallace asked uh, Judge Arthur uh, Ingoron. I already always fuck his name up. I'm sorry. Ingoron to ask the defense to stop commenting during the witness testimony, adding that... uh, the exhorations were audible on the witness's side of the room. The judge then, I'm having a hard time saying words tonight. The judge then asked everyone to keep their voices down, particularly if it's meant to influence the testimony. The case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James accuses Trump and his companies of duping banks and insurers by giving them heavily inflated statements of Trump's net worth and asset values. 
That was just video of the motorcade uh, arriving at the courthouse. Wow. Also arrested during proceedings today. Uh, there was a huge protest not having to do with the Speaker of the House race. There was a pro-Palestinian protest at the Capitol. Multiple people arrested. And the big story tonight at five, we're following breaking news on Capitol Hill. Pro-Palestinian protesters making their way inside of the Cannon House office building. And let's take you there live right now as the demonstrations continue. And you can see the crowd there has certainly thinned out. And that's because Capitol Police have been making arrests for the past few hours inside that congressional office building. Fox Five's Tom Fitzgerald has been live outside as the protests gathered earlier this afternoon. Fitz, how's it looking now? Well, good evening. This started about noon today down on the National Mall. This group calling itself the Jewish Voice for Peace was out here today calling on Israel to enter a ceasefire after it's been defending itself following the Hamas attacks of a week and a half ago. But this protest began to leave the National Mall and made its way up here to Capitol Hill. And they were apparently Jewish protesters got out of control. Let me show you the scene right now. This is Independence Avenue and South Capitol Street. U.S. Capitol Police are out here in force. Now, the protesters themselves said they had about 400 of their members that were able to actually enter the Cannon House office building today, and arrests are underway right now. We are told by the U.S. Capitol Police that they said that they had warned the protesters to stop demonstrating when they did did not stop. We began arresting them. Unquote. The Capitol Police also say that the arrests in Cannon are in conjunction with rolling. The shirts apparently said Jews say ceasefire now. And th thank you to anyone who is Jewish and standing up in this climate. There is so much hate going around to the Jewish people. There, there. I would say that the vast majority of Jewish people, both in this country and in Israel don't support the Netanyahu government, don't support an apartheid state, and don't support the genocide of Palestinian people. So thank you to all of them for standing up against the insane rhetoric we are seeing coming from the pro-Zionist camps. Oh, now joining us live tonight is uh, one of the representatives of this organization, uh, Marka Bird. Uh, Marka, we spoke to you earlier down on the National Mall. Why are you out here today, and why did you think entering the Cannon House office building, disrupting the operations today, was a wise choice? He is definitely Jewish. A group of Jewish Americans who have come here to call for an immediate ceasefire and an end to the genocide in Gaza. And that is in Congress's hands. They have the ability to do this. So we are here to have our voices heard by Congress to make sure everybody knows that the most important thing is a ceasefire. You say you're a peaceful organization. We have reports from the U.S. Capitol Police that officers were assaulted today. How does that line up with a peaceful organization? Doubt. 
The group in there was, was a peaceful protest. It was led by rabbis. They were singing. They were sitting on the floor. They were holding up signs. They were saying prayers together for the lives that were lost. So that was what was the plan, and that's what was happening in there today. How did you get into the building? Uh, citizens of the country and folks who are in the area are um, able to enter the building, go through security, and people went through security safely and um, were able to there to come together to sing their songs led by um, American rabbis here in this country. We know there was an earlier protest at the White House this week. There's one here today on Capitol Hill. Can we expect more of these? Until the ceasefire happens, Jewish Americans are not going to stop calling for peace in Gaza for an end to a genocide. So you can expect to hear our voices loudly until we get that ceasefire, until Gazans can sleep safely in their beds. All right. Appreciate your viewpoint on this. Thanks for talking. Fantastic. To uh, we should tell you there was a... Yes, this was live when they were doing the reporting. The crowd was about... Four or five times the size of that. On this, Ron Halber, who's the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council of Greater Washington, uh, tells Fox 5 tonight that, in his view, this group is a minority in his view and represents a very small left-wing faction in their view. Now, about 10 minutes... No, 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 no. I would say that is the majority view amongst the Jewish population. They are anti-Zionist. The the supporters of Netanyahu are the minority. So the protesters announced that they were actually ending of this demonstration. The music stopped, and you can see right now U.S. Capitol Police officers on bikes are slowly rolling through the area, telling the protesters to vacate the area. Some of them have moved down South Capitol Street. Uh, this has dispersed, even though... Independence Avenue does remain closed. You can guarantee there are going to be more questions in the coming days about how this was able to escalate the way it did. Escalate? We're able to get into a U.S. I hate that framing. Escalate? They were singing songs and praying for the people who lost their lives. Capitol Office Building. We're live up here on the Hill. We'll send it back into you. Jesus. President Biden's on his way back from Israel after pledging full U.S. support in the war with Hamas. He met with Israeli... That was where I was going next, yes. Apparently, also, thank you, Biden, uh, announcing a $100 million humanitarian aid package to the West Bank and Gaza. Apparently, the U.S. is also trying to get the Israeli government to back down off of their ground invasion, despite the rhetoric in front of the cameras. Jay, first, to break down what we know about this aid for Palestinians, what will it include and how quickly will it get there? Yeah, and just the basics. So we're talking about food, water, medicine, but it's uh, basics they haven't received for quite some time. And understand that there are truckloads of food, of water, of uh, medicine that have been staging along the border crossing, the Rafah crossing with Egypt for days from around the world, trying to get into two million or so people caught in the middle of this conflict. In I wonder who won't let them in. After a request from President Biden, and uh, signaling that he intends to send that $100 million in aid, uh, that that border crossing may begin to open up. Israel today saying just after the president left that they would no longer stand in the way of those goods getting into the people who need them uh, inside of Gaza. Now, uh, the Egyptian government has said all along uh, that they're ready to open up uh, the border going in and, and allowing those provisions to go in. Uh, 
uh, we'll see how the process works out. But that is a, a big change if it comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. And Jay, there's been a lot of confusion uh, over that explosion at the hospital there in Gaza. We know that U.S. officials are saying that it was likely a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. <laughs> But what else are you hearing from I like the Israeli government bragged about it when it first happened. They've deleted all their their tweets about it, but they took uh, full responsibility for it. Uh, it has not been since we we realized how many uh, hundreds of children died in the blast. How many civilians were apparently camping out in the parking lot? It wasn't until that came to light that the Israeli government was like, oh no, it's a Palestinian rocket. Fuck off. Officials there on the ground. Yeah, looking at data, what the U.S. Uh, has said is that they do believe uh, that it was a misfired uh, rocket from the Islamic Jihad. They're saying Bullshit. it's likely, uh, the cause of that. Hamas has said, uh, A, that there are 500 people dead, and B, that it was an Israeli fighter jet and part of the airstrikes that led to the explosion at that hospital. I think it's important to point out, uh, NBC News, uh, no other agency can confirm any of this because we're not allowed inside. We can't go. Yep physically be at that site. Uh, what you're hearing on the ground is a lot of uh, speculation and, and a lot of people uh, just uh, not certain who is at fault here, not not certain who is to blame for what uh, overnight was just a horrible, horrible track. The IDF. Thanks for watching. Shut Stay up, Lester. Breaking news and top stories on the NBC. Fucking Lester. Now, apparently... Biden will be giving a primetime address tomorrow night, so we will take that live. Here is video that Representative Kat Kamek of Florida actually took from inside the rotunda as the protests were going on. This will give you more of a sense of what the protests look like. And also, you know, the vitriol that'll be coming from a right-wing politician. There we go. Whew. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, Congresswoman Kamak coming to you live from the Capitol over here in one of our House office buildings. And there is a protest that has started in the middle of everything. I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna show you guys what I'm seeing real fast. Hold on. They are singing and praying. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. Bear with me. harmonies we've been in the middle of the speakers fight all day and oh, we know we just got word that this was happening while we were trying to figure out the speakers vote so it's kind of 
pure chaos and pandemonium right now on the hill. We have is it several of the protesters who have been arrested um, as I was coming over. This is I, I see you guys. We're right here. This is here in the Capitol, and this is all happening with the speaker's vote happening in the background. So look at this. Oh, I can guarantee you, you will see numerous right-wing outlets calling for all these protesters to be arrested and prosecuted just like the January 6th defendants. You know it. They're they're probably already all over Fox News right now saying it. I know it's hard to hear because of the screaming, but this is what's happening right now in the Capitol. Um, I'll turn it around so you guys can see a little bit more. Fire now is what they are chanting. And once again, they are Jewish protesters. I'm sure there will be plenty of right wingers calling them uh, terrorist sympathizers, Hamas supporters. You know it. You know it's coming. Alright, we're gonna if you're just joining us, remember I, I was expecting a speaker vote tonight and I had a lot of work to do. I did not put a show together tonight, so we're just kind of uh we're winging it. Wild card, bitches. Things are actually coming together pretty pretty nice though, to be honest with you. Now we're gonna do a couple of crime stories and we're gonna get out of here because we're gonna we gotta be back in the morning for the speaker vote. This one's going to be hard to watch. I'm sorry. A man was wrongfully incarcerated in Florida for 16 years. He was freed after being exonerated. He's now dead, shot dead by a sheriff's deputy in Georgia. We need to know what led to the death of Mr. Leonard. The community needs to know that. Not quite three years after being released from prison and exonerated of a crime he did not commit, Leonard Cure was shot and killed during a traffic stop on I-95 in South Georgia Monday morning. The Camden County NAACP wants to know why. Let the community um, see the video because there needs to be a trust restored within our community right now. Black and brown people in our community, they have very little trust in our sheriff department. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says Cure assaulted the deputy while he was trying to arrest him. The agency says the officer tased Cure twice before shooting him. 
The GBI did not say why Cure was initially pulled over. It's just an utter tragedy. And um, here's someone who was a good person, um, good, good, you know, to his close with his family, good to his family, good to everyone around him. And to have him um, gone in, in, in this way is just devastating. Seth Miller with the Innocence Project of Florida says Cure received compensation for his wrongful incarceration and used the money to buy his first home. Miller says it's impossible to say what happened without seeing the video, but thinks the traffic stop may have been a charged encounter. Most people who are wrongfully convicted and incarcerated long term for crimes they didn't commit bring with them trauma that can trigger them at any moment yep. when, when faced with the prospect of being sent back for something they didn't do. The Camden County Sheriff's Office declined to comment on the shooting. Vicente says the community deserves transparency. We are demanding change within this department. That body cam footage was released just hours ago, and I'm sure it's hard to watch, so content warning. Right now at 5, dash cam video release showing what happened when a Camden County staff sergeant shot and killed a man in a traffic stop. This story's made headlines because that man spent 16 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. His family spoke publicly today, upset over what's happened. My brother was a gentle person. My brother was a loving person. He did not deserve his bull****. Yeah, we just spoke to Leonard Shearer's family who just viewed the videos themselves. They've been with civil rights attorney Ben Crump all day, who described it as very troubling and said it was escalation met with escalation. News Projection reporter Marilyn Parker is in Camden County tonight after speaking with Cure's family. I, he absolutely went fight or flight. But we begin with Tarek Minor and a closer look at this just released dash video and body camera video. Tarek? Yeah, this video was just released within the past hour. We're going to walk you through this dash cam video and the body camera video of what happened during this traffic stop. This is the start of the deputy's dash camera video. You can see Cure's truck pass the deputy on the left. The deputy then followed Cure's truck to pull him over, saying he was going over 100 miles an hour. It takes about a minute to pull him over. Get out! Put your hands back here. I ain't doing I don't know that he was going 100 miles an hour. It looked like he was going slightly faster than the other cars on the interstate. I don't know what the speed limit is. Could be 70, could be 65, something like that. It does look to be an interstate. Put your hands back here. The deputy then demands Cure to get out of the car. Cure says he didn't do anything. The deputy and Cure uh, start to argue there. The deputy then threatens to tase Cure if he does not follow directions. The two arguing there on the side of the highway. Then this happens. You are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now? Cure and the deputy continue arguing, and then you see there the deputy tases Cure, and that is when Cure turns around and tries to knock the taser out of the deputy's hands. And as you see here, the two on the side of the highway start fighting. Cure then eventually knocks the deputy's glasses off of his face. The two continue in this fight. And here is where the deputy reaches for his baton first to try to hit Cure off of him. And then you see the deputy struggling as Cure continues to push the deputy's face on the back of his neck. 
We are going to stop the video right there. That is when the deputy reaches to his side, grabs his gun, and shoots Cure one time in the side. The deputy then calls for him as Cure was on the ground. Now, here's the body camera video from that exact same moment. It's, it's really hard to tell what's going on because Cure is so close to the deputy, and the camera's right there on his chest. This is more dash cam video after more deputies and first responders arrive at the scene. They immediately try to render aid, but we know that Cure later died from the gunshot wound. Now we want to get you to news for Jackson reporter Marilyn that. Parker is joining us live from Camden County tonight in Maryland. And I know you've been speaking to, to Cure's families moments after uh, they've watched these videos for the very first time along with their attorney this afternoon, Marilyn. Yes, they say they feel it was escalation met with escalation. However, they didn't see any efforts by this deputy to de-escalate the situation. They say they did see their brother turn and get physical with the deputy. And take a listen to what I asked them right after they said that. Is there anything you wish your brother would have done differently from yes. what you just saw? Not moved to Georgia in all sincerity. Uh, I wish he had not been speeding if he were speeding because, again, there was no radar. The officer was driving and my brother passed him and he immediately got behind him, but they were unable to tell us how he gauged his speed. That's still a bit ambiguous at this point. DJ Dub is right. The video does look chopped up, so let's watch the raw video. This is the unedited video, I do believe. Again, content warning. So you will apparently see Cure Pass. There you go. He's driving at a high rate of speed. I don't know about 100, but once again, this is the interstate. Don't know if we're going to have audio because this is probably the dash cam. entire time and not the body cam. This apparently happened on Monday morning. Oh, we do have audio. I mean, it's the interstate. People, people go fucking 80 to 100 all the time. Not excusing it. Now we can actually see what happened. Why is he telling him to step Get out? out? Get out! Put your hands back here. I ain't doing shit. Put your damn hands back here. Dude. Who are you? Staff Sergeant Officer Sheriff's Office. My name is Al Wayne. I don't care. Step to the rear of this vehicle. 
In the name of who? In the name of the law of the In the name of love. Now you're getting tased. Put your hands on the back of that truck. Do you see that? Put your hands on the back of that truck. The back of the truck. Both hands. Turn around. 34 Kim, send me another unit. One non-compliant. Your name is Officer Who? Staff Sergeant Aldridge with the Camden County Sheriff's Office. Who County? Camden County. Put your hand behind your back. Do I have a do I have a warrant? Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. Either put your hands behind your back or you're getting tased. I'm telling you that right Why? now. Why am I getting tased? Because you are Everybody still with me? And reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed. You were indeed driving, sir. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now? Why? You passed me doing okay, 100 miles an hour. And what? Am I going Hands to behind your back. Yes, you are going no. to jail. Hands behind your back! Put your hands behind your back! Wait, did he tase him and the dude just stood there and took the tase? Either put your hands behind your back or you're getting tased. I'm telling you that right Why? now. Why am I getting tased? Because you are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now? Why? You passed me doing 100 okay, miles an hour. And what? Am I going hands to behind your back. Yes, you're going no. to jail. Hands behind your back! Put your hands behind your back! Clinically, good evening. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch! Shots fired! Shots fired, Camden! Stay down! Do not get up! Stay down! Stay down! What the fuck was that Briggs truck doing? Stay down! Camden, shots fired! Suspect down! Can you send me help? Stay down! Stay down! Stay down! Camden, are you clear? Stay down! Do not get up! not. Yeah, so apparently this is the Brinks officer.
cover him. I'm gonna handcuff him after he shot him. He just wanted a chance to pull his gun. Absolute bullshit. So he was exonerated. Did 16 years. Exonerated for a killing he did not do. And then shot by police less than three years after he gets out. So now we're going to go to L.A. where apparently you guys are going to love this one. Purgatorius, good evening. I'll hit the content warning just in case, but this one might actually make you happy. Apparently, a cop ran into another cop. During the moment, an LAPD pursuit takes a heart-stopping turn. As law enforcement rushed to the scene in Sun Valley, an officer behind the wheel of an LAPD cruiser appears to strike a fellow officer. KTLA Sandra Mitchell is live in Hollywood with the video and the investigation now underway. Sandy. Sharon, Micah, let me start by saying the officer was not seriously hurt, but this video is Nuts. wild. You're going to see this moment of impact. To some people, it might be disturbing. The sirens, the screech of tires, and then the moment of impact. It's hard to believe the LAPD officer slammed <laughs> thrown through the air, tumbling around was not seriously injured. KTLA exclusively obtained this dash cam video. It appears to show an LAPD patrol vehicle hit the officer as he runs across the street. It sounds like someone inside the LAPD vehicle yells, heads up, and then the accident. I just hear uh, the helicopter. I, I love that there's like a, a giant puddle too and the cop gets knocked into the puddle. And, and then I hear some, some people, it might be disturbing. The sirens, the screech of tires, and then the moment of impact. It's hard to believe the LAPD officer slammed by a car, thrown through the air, tumbling across the ground, was not seriously injured. KTLA exclusively obtained this dash cam video. It appears to show an LAPD patrol vehicle hit the officer as he runs across the street. It sounds like someone inside the LAPD vehicle yells, heads up, and then the accident. I just hear uh, the helicopter and, and then I hear sirens. And uh, as soon as I hear um, tire screeching. Hector Morales witnessed the chaos. He didn't see the officer go down, but he says LAPD officers at the scene confirmed it was one of the LAPD vehicles that struck the officer. I didn't see that, but I heard that one of the fellow cops uh, uh, hit him. It happened Friday evening, just after 5, on Covella Street and Hollywood Way in Sun Valley. LAPD officers in pursuit of a stolen black truck. 
The truck crashed into a fire hydrant and a car in a driveway. Almost immediately, another call on the radio, officer down at the scene. LAPD tonight would not confirm that the officer was hit by an LAPD car, but said they were, quote, in pursuit of a stolen vehicle when an officer was struck at the termination, sustaining non-life-threatening injuries. We are thankful our officer was not seriously injured in this accident. He's walking, that's good. Within minutes, the injured officer was on his feet and with the assistance of L.A. fire paramedics on... Hey, son, can I look at your tattoos? I want to see what kind of tattoos you have on your arms, sir. Let me see your badge. Is one of the points of your badge bent? His way to the hospital. By the way, we did show that video to LAPD tonight, and they would not comment specifically on the video. Again, they're investigating, but would not say if it was one of their patrol officers who hit that fellow officer. Then where the fuck did the video come from? I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh this hard. Oh. Let's watch a, let's watch a little more body cam, shall we? This woman apparently tried to steal from a Dick's Sporting Good and then this happened in Wisconsin and then led police on a chase. What started out as a high-speed chase turns into a foot chase when suspects jump out of a vehicle in front of Wisconsin officers. Why? Three occupants. The entire incident stemming from an alleged retail theft at a Dick's Sporting Goods. Keep your hands in your back. But she seems like a sweetie. It all started on October 3rd in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. That's where police were tipped off about a retail theft at an area Dick's Sporting Goods. Dash camera video shows an officer catch up with the suspect's vehicle. Yep, cops endangering citizens over property. Yeah, she was a total cutie. When the suspect refuses to stop along the interstate, an officer can be heard calling in the pursuit. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for her. Vehicle is not stopping. We're in northbound 41. 57 miles per hour. Looks like we're exiting capital. Hey, Fern, we're going in pursuit right now. On eastbound capital. 
So they pull over. But after taking an legalized crime. Stops on the side of the road behind another vehicle. We're stopped right now about the 11000 block of Capitol. Foot's still on the brake. I don't know if they're going to keep going. They're behind a disabled vehicle. The officer calls in for backup, saying he's worried the car may speed off again. He also calls for stop sticks just in case the driver makes a break for it. 146. I'll wait for another vehicle to come in case I exit and they take off again. Again, we're eastbound Capitol about the 11000 block. 10 4. have 115, coming. 10-4. One just wants to set up sticks ahead of us just in case. Minutes later, another officer arrives on the scene. Do you want me to approach and then if they take off, you can go? Sure. That works. How many? Do you know how many occupants or anything? Maybe two. Huh? Maybe two. Hard to tell at the tank. Okay. Is he set up yet? Uh, I didn't hear him say he was set up yet. Looks like he's almost there. Well, there's another car in front of them. While the first officer stays in his squad car, the other approaches the suspect's vehicle on foot. 606 is going to approach. Their foot's still on the brake. And if they try to take off again, I'll follow. Can you make announcements for them to roll down their windows? Yep. Driver of the Camry. Roll all your windows down now. Driver of the camera. I think they were having legitimate car trouble. The officer and they were just on the side of the road. Roll down the windows, but they refuse. Officers note their vehicle is not in park and could take off at any minute. Are you are you scared? Go on up to the car. One forty six. Six oh six is trying to make contact. We're not getting compliance with the driver to roll the windows down. Foot still on brake. This continues on as officers remain ready for the suspect to speed off. 146 to 606. I just saw the front wheels move. Do you want to grab my sticks and try and slide them under the car? Yeah. On driver's side, in case they try and take off. C-606 
soon, another officer brings out a set of stop sticks and places them under the suspect's car. Got sticks in front of the vehicle right now. And more. It's only seconds later that the driver throws the car in reverse and starts to take off. But the officer behind the car is still ready for a chase and speeds off after the suspect's car. Reverse! You guys were going to run. Why didn't you run long before that? A new maximum oh, fuck off. With a patented The cops are dumb, the criminals are dumb. Yeah, if you're gonna run, why did you stop? The suspect even tops 90 miles per hour and runs a red light. This is like a 3540 street too. Hitting 90 miles an hour. And this cop going that fast is putting people in danger. This is a residential area. Suddenly the car starts smoking and appears to have lost a tire. It's then that multiple suspects hop out and sprint away. video shows the officer rush from his squad and call for the remaining suspect to get down. I got one occupant down on the ground. Looks like a passenger took off going westbound. That poor Camry. That's a good car. That's when the chase continues on foot as officers search through a nearby neighborhood for the suspect who ran in that direction. Yeah, it was a big crash. at like 8-4, 84 on southeast corner of Capitol. Into like that old first store. Yeah, just fuck up the landscaping of somebody's yard. When a police canine starts barking, first responders are quick to notice a suspect hidden behind a garbage can. The woman was later identified as Dariana Anderson. Hey, get your hands up! Oh, hands not, up! Hands up! Behind a garbage can. Come on, get your hands up! I see. Officer, can I see your tattoos? Face away from me! Face away! Face away! Show me your hands! Show me your hands! All right, I, oh, I, 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 I got cover. On, 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 oh, on the knees, on the knees. Let's get, her, yep. get, her. get on your knees. Drop down your knees. I shouldn't hold the back, buddy. 
Keep your hands in your back. Officers act quickly, putting Anderson in handcuffs. Like she could hurt somebody. That girl's like 80 pounds, tops. Did you just reach in her tits? When asked, Anderson doesn't tell the officers her name and instead just asks for water. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Can I get some water? Okay, I just want to make sure I see that the top was ripped. Was that for, did you get bit by the dog at all? Anywhere? No? Okay. I just want some Okay, we'll, we'll take care of that in just a second, all right? I'm just confirming that you have, you, yeah, you didn't get bit, My that was already there. Okay. okay, all right. Stand up for us. All right. You want to continue? I believe that cops using dogs is animal abuse. Okay. We're going to walk you back out to the front then, okay? With that, officers escort Anderson into a squad car. Check here for any other evidence. There's a bad hiding spot. And after that, the officers congratulate the police canine on a job well done. So, so what, what caught me was, you know, I, I saw what you saw. Like, oh, he definitely is interested. Yeah, he pulled He's hard definitely interested. And then, and then I came around. I'm like, okay, there's nothing there. And, and I didn't see... I couldn't tell it's a I person here, either. but then when I got to here, I could see what looked like, to be Because he uh, barked, and I'm yeah. like, oh, she's barking at something. Yep. I thought maybe, eh, my bad. Yep. But so she was, like I said, for she the was, nature of the She was fence. passive, on her, uh, basically back against here, and knees out in front, sitting out. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it keyed us in, though, at least. I know, I I, I, I was like, oh, it's something. That poor puppy. Yep. Oh, man. That a Yeah. Anderson was taken into custody and now faces multiple charges, including eluding an officer and retail theft. She's since been released on $1,500 cash bond. Reporting for Long Crime Network, I'm Sierra Gillespie. I am 100% against the use of puppies in law enforcement. I'm against their use as bomb sniffing dogs. Let's do a couple more um, crime cases here. This one's like 20 fucking years old, isn't it? Jordan Vandersloot. I like seriously. I think I lived with my parents when this actually occurred. It feels like it was that fucking long ago. The murder of... Natalie Holloway, who was on vacation in the in the Bahamas, I believe it was. Like I'm 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 trying my best to remember exactly what the details of the story were because it happened so long ago. 
One person who has followed this case very closely is Angela Harris, Anaya Blanchard's mother. Yes, so next week marks four years since Blanchard was kidnapped and murdered. WVTM 13's Shiv Scarborough spoke to Angela Harris this afternoon to get her thoughts who? on the Holloway family finally getting the justice in Natalie's case nearly two decades later. Uh, that, that wasn't what I wanted here. Let's get the details of the, the Holloway murder. Nearly two decades after Alabama teen Natalie Holloway vanished in Aruba, her mother learned for sure what she always suspected. Natalie was killed by Joran Vandersloot, and today he finally revealed what happened all those years ago as part of a plea deal. Stephen Fabian has details, and we warn you, they're graphic. She was bludgeoned to death with a cinder block. That's the long-awaited revelation today about Natalie Holloway. It comes as her mom faces off in court with Natalie's killer. He finally confessed that he killed Natalie. He described when and how he killed her. The notorious Yoron Vandersloot struck a plea deal with federal prosecutors in Alabama that required him to reveal what happened the night 18-year-old Natalie vanished 18 years ago. In a transcript of a recorded interview released today, Vandersloot gives a detailed narrative of what he says happened after he left the casino in Aruba with Natalie. I'm with Natalie walking along the beach. We start kissing each other. She tells me no. She tells me she doesn't want me to. I insist. She ends up kneeing me in the crotch. I get up and I kick her extremely hard in the face. Right next to her, there's a cinder block. I smash her head in with it completely. I half pull, half walk with her into the ocean. I walk up to about my knees and I push her off into the sea. He said that after killing her on wow. the river, he put her into the water. And that was the last that he ever saw her. Vandersloot wore an orange prison jumpsuit with his hands shackled to a chain around his waist as he entered the courtroom here in Birmingham, the room packed with Natalie's friends and family. Vandersloot spoke softly to the judge and at one point actually issued an apology to the Holloway family and said he hoped his statement confessing to her murder would give the family some closure. Beth Holloway faced Vandersloot in court and didn't hold back. You look like hell, she told him. I do not see how you're going to make it. You are a killer, and I want you to remember that every time that jail door slams. I got the answer I've been searching for for the past 18 years. Long-awaited justice for this family, and you could just feel it in the courtroom how the weight had been lifted for especially Beth Holloway. Joining Beth in court were high school friends of Natalie's now grown women. In June, Vandersloot was extradited to the U.S. from Peru on charges of trying to extort $250,000 from Beth to reveal the whereabouts of Natalie's remains. Wow! Her daughter's body will never years, be found. Natalie's case, it's solved. As far as I'm concerned, it's over. It's over. Vandersloot now returns to Peru to serve out the remainder of a 28-year sentence for murdering a woman in that country. He will concurrently serve 20 years for pleading guilty to extortion and wire fraud. He tried to extort her to tell her where the what happened to her daughter that's insane huh
All right, this is a, a piece of bullshit that I cut from the show the other night for time. So since I have it here, let's go ahead. Let's, let's watch this. I haven't checked in in a while with Brianna, Joy, Gray, and Robbie Suave on the Hills Rising show. They apparently did like a Ask Us Anything segment, and I'm interested to uh, see what people ask them. Oh, yes, I have the majority report. Left his best shirt on. We are bringing back rising cues. All week, we have invited you to ask us anything. So here we go. This is a fun thing that Ryan... What in the fuck is Brianna wearing? She, look, she looks like a, like the little Dutch boy on the, on the front of the paint can. What the fuck is that? Ian and I and Kim used to, we used to do some wacky things. For, there were a lot of segments where we just read trivia questions about American politics from a giant trivia book that a viewer had sent Ryan back in the day. How did that go? Uh, well, it was fun answering trivia questions. I don't know if anybody watched those segments. <laughs> we stopped doing them, but... Uh, I bet Ryan stomped you. this show for a while. All right, question number one. What's your biggest disagreement and biggest surprise agreement? Um, I don't know. Can we pick just one? I mean, we had a pretty bruising argument this week about uh, the Israel-Palestine conflict, but I don't even know that we have a particularly... Big within the spectrum of like American public opinion on this issue, we're not nearly our, as I far apart. I think our biggest disagreement is. is that I think that not only should the government work on behalf of the uh, most poor working class and vulnerable people in the country, that that's the sole purpose of government, and that government should be empowered through democratic means to address the needs of the people who put them in office. And I think just fundamentally, as a libertarian, you think that government shouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not straw man my okay, but, I think government Bobby. should be extremely limited. I think government, right, should not, is not responsible for guaranteeing a lot of the services that you think it is. I think the government should step in and stop you from wearing that shirt and tie. You look horrible. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. A limited defense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's purpose is for security and defense of the nation, yes. police services. Yes, so some of our biggest, I think, disagreements happen around, uh, should the FDA or any other government agency uh, check the food before it hits your plate? Or should the markets decide whether or not you get uh, salmonella today? <laughs> okay. uh, question number two. Wait, 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 Robbie, the second part of that question oh, is our biggest area of agreement. I don't know. What's our biggest area of agreement? I mean, on foreign policy in general, we are, d despite Ooh. some very bruising arguments this week, I mean, we I are pretty aligned, as are libertarians on the left. Suave. You know, we, we agree a lot on, on the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Yeah. If, if our show had been taking place in the midst of the Iraq war, we would have agreed. Um, I Honestly, again, we do mostly agree on, like, Israel-Palestine. Yeah, How old were both of you when the Iraq War started? I was 19. Uh, you're both younger than I am, weren't you? A lot of the police uh, issues sure. of uh, police overreach um, and asset forfeiture, uh, the way the government through the arm of police steals money from people, uh, I think they're sympathetic to some of the wage theft stuff, um, and I, that has been a pleasant... He is 35 years old, so he is about four or five years younger than me. 
Correct. I think our best conversations, honestly. Well, I was like 13 when the first Iraq war started. No, less than that. Media like nine. We have and just kind of tech policies, companies, platforms in general. Yeah, I think that's I, right. You and I both have, I, I think, a lot of actual technical knowledge about the law and the the discourse. Oh, I thought and the you were going to say about technology. And, I'm like, no, Randy, well, no. I'm just very online. <laughs> <laughs> but we have we have we have good conversations because we do yeah. have disagreements, but we also have some agreements. It's yeah. not they tend not to be really you know at each other's throats. And I would say that you, you are very principled in a way that I think not all Republicans, conservatives are. I'm not. You're not a Republican, obviously, sure. but. Uh, on those speech issues, and I do think that is perhaps not surprising, but very much. I actually barely remember the first Iraq war. Like, that's, like, one of my earliest memories was, like, CNN was a huge deal, right? As they're, as they're covering the, the, uh, the ground invasion. So, like, I, I vaguely remember that. Very much appreciate Oh, thank you. All right. Question number two, have the arguments presented by your co-host changed your position on any issue? I mean, we're probably just going to both say no, but I would say, um, you know, to be charitable, um, I'm probably more skeptical of drug companies in the pharmaceutical industry than I was before I started hosting Rising. That has to do with COVID. arguments you've brought up, with, right, with events in the real world, sure. COVID. Yeah. But also um, arguments you've made, arguments Ryan made, arguments Kim made. Um, you know, I see uh, much more clearly the effects of lobbying in those industries. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I've necessarily changed my view on a policy, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't accept what specific industries or specific firms say about their yeah. products um, just at face value to the degree I might have before. I think the way that I try to make certain arguments has changed as a result of talking to you. Because, I look, I frankly do think that there is a good faith frustration with the government because there is corporate capture. It, there is corruption. People's criticisms of the government often aren't wrong. We just have a difference of opinion about what to do about that, either get rid of the government as a whole which I think lets all the groups that are Not capturing. Not entirely, but. Well, sure, but largely, which yeah. I think lets all the, gov- the groups that are trying to capture the government just have free reign, or in my alternative, try to get at the root of that um, corruption. And so I think I am much more willing now to acknowledge that when people are making com- complaints about the government, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not going to fight you on that. Like, the government is corrupt. You're completely right. You've addressed the right problem. You've assessed the right problem. Now let's talk about solutions. So I appreciate that. We actually have, you know, no other show really does that. Debate format shows are actually mostly just about agreement between the people. And I don't think anyone could watch us and accuse us of, like, agreeing too much. I mean, we agree when we actually agree, yeah. but we say what we think, and often we disagree, and, like, that's what comes out. Yeah, it's you know, People true. congratulate themselves for having, like, debates or, you know, principled arguments, but, but you watch, and they're never actually arguing. They're not actually disagreeing. I, I think that is largely true. And I do think, look, we have very tough conversations here. And what do you guys think is... Rising far less relevant than it was four or five years ago uh, when Crystal and Sager were the hosts. And have Crystal and Sager lost relevance? Like, I don't even get recommended their videos anymore. I rarely ever see them pop up in my feed. It was never relevant, fair enough. I will I will say I used to play a lot of clips from The Hill right when we first started doing the Troll Patrol because they did a good job of just having raw clips of Congress and Senate hearings and shit. They don't do that anymore. 
So I'm not really visiting the, the Hills website anymore. And managed to continue to go on and have a very, I think, pleasant and oh, we, we do know, yes. a, like great relationship. And I value that. I also value, I think maybe it's because we're both Leos or something, that we both have the tendency to just kind of let stuff go. Like he can be very heated and impassioned and then we like let it go. And we do. I know people wonder about party that. And a drink yeah. and all these kinds of things. So like, yeah, I, I, happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I need a drink after today's recording, but I, I do. I do appreciate that. There's like, I think, a, a respect for. Well, him. I used to. I used to play Sauger's opinion and bitch at him a lot, but now I don't even get suggested his videos. And this is a question for Brianna. No, it's a question for me. Somebody wants to know uh, Robbie's review of Baldur's Gate Three as well as what class he plays. So I, I am going to disappoint some fans. I, I've of course, I'm aware of Baldur's Gate 3. I have not played it yet. While I'm a big, you know, gaming nerd person, I, I don't have a lot of time to play everything that comes out. I'm excited. What for are you playing? One of my good friends, my buddies, is like playing it like six floors above me. He lives in my apartment. He's uh, not lives in my building. Invites me to his apartment to play. I made it there yet. I loved Baldur's Gate. I played Dark Alliance and Dark Alliance 2 uh, years ago, and um, I, I think I enjoy. I think I played as the cleric when I played. I'm not sure what the available. You would. Are. And in my Dungeons and Dragons, which people are, are curious about, I'm the dungeon master so i don't have a of course you are you know the kind of the narrator um of the story but uh if, if I what is everybody playing in the chat what games you guys playing i'm currently on dying light i've been playing dying light and devil may cry those are my like spooky season games probably about halfway through dying light at this point really enjoyed it thus far Uh, finished Prey a couple of weeks ago. The Alien Cube. I don't know that I've heard of that one. I, uh, I would like to play, uh, what is Alien Isolation? Whatever it is, um... Take a look at this. I almost picked up the RE4 remake. It was on sale a week or two ago. And I'm like, I've got too many games to play right now. And I think that's what got me on Dying Light. Oh, it's a Lovecraftian horror game. Okay, fair enough. Atmospheric, I like it. I need to play some Forza. I'm a I'm a racing game fan. A uh, Cyberpunk. I was so excited for Cyberpunk, and when they delayed it the last time, I asked for my my money back. I got a refund on it. I'm like, this game is not gonna. Re and I didn't have a PS5 yet at the time. So I was like, this game is not going to release in good shape. I, uh, come on, gotta, come on, come on, buddy. Say hi to Smokey.
So I, I'm definitely going to pick up Cyberpunk whenever uh, I catch it on sale again. Because I love those kinds of games. I love Witcher 3 from that studio. So. Hey, baby. They hate everybody. Talk for them. He is such a talkative cat, but I can never get him to talk on stream. Come, buddy. Look at the people. Why, are you shy? Why are you so shy? You're never shy when people come over. The smoky buddy. Well, I, I do my gaming on a PS5, so I have to go about legal means. He really wanted me to lay down with him a little bit ago, and I was like, "I've got, I've got work to do," and he totally wanted me to lay on the couch with him. That's probably what he wants right now. He wants me to go over, play some video games, and lay on the couch with him. Uh, let me grab you an animal video. Unless, unless I can get Jaden to come, uh, come on the show. No, he won't, because he's a fucking... I've had this idiot fucking trying to troll me for months now. He's, he's decided that... I am harassing an innocent woman because Chris Scalise, Chris the Skis, the dude who came to my page and told me uh, all about how the LGBTQ communities out here are grooming kids, and there was a, a drag queen that whipped his dick out in front of a kid and said it's not going to suck itself. He is, he is just shoveled bullshit. He's called me a pedophile and a child molester multiple times. He did it for months on end, so I photoshopped, <laughs> I photoshopped uh, myself in a picture with his wife. <laughs> oh God, I keep uh, this is this is a new one. I've I've done it multiple times now. This is a new one. Everybody cucks Chris. So I keep I keep photoshopping his wife into pictures with me. And this is Jaden Dumbfuck. He's like, you're attacking an innocent woman. You're attacking an innocent woman. No, I'm attacking him. Chris. The dude who came to my page and called me a pedophile and a child molester multiple times. But, like, this motherfucker has spent, like, a month or two now. Like, you attack innocent women. You're a sexual deviant. You're disgusting. You attack innocent women. Me, 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 me. And I keep telling him, I'm like, well, I, I hope Chris lets you fuck his wife so that uh, you get to lose your V-card and you can actually act like an adult, you dumb motherfucker. So he kept on, so I took his profile picture and photo <laughs> photoshopped <laughs> her in it as if all uh, Jaden and his friends 
running a train on her. <laughs> Come on, motherfucker. So he keeps running his mouth on my page. I'm like, call the fuck in. I'll let you say whatever you want. You you can tell uh, my audience whatever you want to say. I'm attack like making him out to be a cuck isn't an attack on her. It's an attack on him. It's an attack on his manhood. But if he didn't want me to attack his wife, he shouldn't have come to my page and called me a pedophile and a child molester over and over and over again. So, Jaden, if you're watching, I will let you come on here. You can say whatever you want to my audience unimpeded. Convince them that I'm some kind of I'm dehumanizing her or whatever the fuck it is that you you've accused me of. Come on, man. I dare you. Are you man enough? He is not. Spoiler alert. He is not. Otherwise, just go back to your loser life, dude. I don't care. Nobody cares. You you think I'm sexually harassing an innocent woman, you keep saying. Sure, pal. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. You think I'm sexually harassing an innocent woman? Okay. Whatever you say. I don't care. There's a cat reaching for some food. I'd like to have a conversation with you, Jaden. Come on. He's even he's even left a review. Hold on, hold on. I, I gotta go back to Jaden here. Cause he's left a review on my Facebook page. And it's hilarious. This motherfucker. So Jaden says, used to be a good show. Now Justin cares more about evaluating grammar and attacking the person instead of actually addressing points of concern. The fuck are you talking about? He often attempts to gaslight by telling you he's already answered your question. And don't get me started on his moronic redirects. Sad, really, so much wasted talent. He he keeps, you know, he's like, why are you attacking an innocent woman? I'm like, fucking, I answered your question. I explained it to you. Apparently this uh, Christopher Jude Bustos... Says he could act like his wife didn't run away with a cop. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> always, always love Spud. We he be seeing what that news be doing and sharing it with us. <laughs> Fantastic review. Lame liberal memes. Keep scrolling. <laughs> oh goddamn. I, um, I like trolling on Facebook. It's my favorite place to troll. It really, like, there's not just the, there's not the amount of idiot ass boomers anywhere else. 
I can't help it. I and also like all my friends are on Facebook. They're not on, they're not on other social medias and shit. So like I've got it like I'm on Truth Social. I'm I was on Parlor. I'm on Getter. I'm on all the social medias, so Biden on Truth Social now and he is hilarious about it. All right, uh, there is supposedly going to locomotion. Good evening. May it, it's also it's also possible that like I was laughing at cop death. I do that a lot on Facebook. Like that gets me a lot of hate. Like I'll go and put a laughing emoji on a cop dying, and holy shit, there'll be like ten boomers in my in my message requests. Telling me how there's nothing funny about this. Blah, 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 blah. Supposedly, there's going to be a vote tomorrow at noon for Speaker of the House. I will once again be with you for that. Hope to see you all tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow morning, depending on where you are in the country. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. If there's not a vote, I'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.